0: Peggy Hoyt.
1: Hello pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host Peggy Hoyt and this show is brought to you by the Law Offices of Hoyt and Bryan where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by the by Animal Care Trust USA, a not for profit organization dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes through pet trust education and trustee services. Today, I want to welcome our special guest. Her name is Jen Mahako Tierney. She is the founder and executive director of Town and Country Canine Rescue. Welcome to the show, Jen. Hello, Peggy, and thank you so much for
2: having me. It's truly a pleasure.
1: Well, I can't wait to uh, have you share with us and with our listeners all about what you're doing at Town & Country Canine Rescue. And um, start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with Rescue.
2: Of course. I'm a lifelong animal lover who recently retired from a job in finance in New York City after 32 years in the business. Seven years ago, I would have crossed the street if I saw a pit bull. Seven years ago, I would have never walked into a shelter because I thought it would be too sad. Instead, I donated. Now I understand that most animals won't walk out, and that's why I chose to act.
1: Um, I think that's a very good philosophy. I noticed on your site you say, uh, tears do nothing, but action saves lives. Yes. Yep. And uh, and I don't disagree with you. I think a lot of people probably felt that way that, you know, and I hear people say that. My husband has said that. I can't go to the shelter. It's just too sad. Um, and But we can't just put our heads in the sand and pretend that there aren't dogs in the shelter or cats in the shelter that need homes.
2: That's so true. And there's, you know, people sometimes don't want to walk into a shelter. They think those animals are you know, unwanted for a reason, that they don't deserve a second chance, but what they really don't understand is so many of them have been failed by humans sometimes once, sometimes twice, sometimes three times, and 99.9% of those animals deserve a chance with a loving family. It's also important to recognize that some of these animals need a very specific home. They may require training. So people looking to adopt should consider the whole array of you know training medical for a dog for life, and really understanding that a dog needs uh, a decompression time in a home, thirty days um, is kind of the baseline that we use. If an animal is a long term uh, animal in the shelter, sometimes they're there two years, that decompression time may extend to, I've seen, up to six months until the dog feels safe and secure.
1: Yeah, because you can only imagine what it would be like for the animal to live in a shelter environment for that extended period of time. Yes. Um, So I like the idea of a decompression time. Um, I am fortunate that all of my dogs are rescues, and I suspect that all of your dogs are rescues.
2: They are. I have two um, at the moment. Um, I lost um, a beloved uh, family member a little over a year ago. Um, I have a little Shih Tzu um, mix named Murphy. He was a Brooklyn Kill This Survivor that was actually pulled by another rescue. Um, Murphy had some fear issues and was tense and he was afraid of the world. He actually, he nipped the husband's hand and that rescue was going to put the dog down. We got word of that and I sent um, our trainer, Diane Bonsignori, who is the owner of Allied Dog Training Trainer, to go and evaluate the dog and we ended up taking him. Uh, he went through training with Diane and allied dog training. Um, he was adopted out and returned four times. Uh, one was his fault, the other three people didn't listen, nor did they want to do the, the work required. Um, so he became a permanent member of my household three years ago. I also have a pit mix named Autumn. She was a long time. Uh, Yonkers Animal Shelter Dog, who was extremely under-socialized, arrived at the shelter at just six months old. I didn't pull her until she was two years old. Um, she has some fear issues with people, and she has a high prey drive, so no other pets for her. So we, um, She enjoys the finished basement, and she gets upstairs time, and she goes to the park, she goes to the farm, but they have to be separated.
1: Okay, so two years she was in a shelter. Wow, I can't even imagine what that would be like for a dog.
2: Yes. See, there's, there's a lot of debate um, around that. Um, when I first started working with the Yonkers back in um, 2013, um, there was a lot of euthanasia, um, probably six to seven dogs a week. Um, today, I think last year's, Statistics just came out, and the number of dogs that were euthanized was, um, I believe, around seven. So that city municipal shelter has made great strides in just seven years, and the dogs are also afforded the luxury of being a long-term resident for many years while the volunteers attempt to get the dog at home.
1: So in some cases, it can actually be a good thing because it gives them that opportunity to gain the skills that they need to be good household members.
2: That's correct. And part of what we do as a rescue, um, we identify the dogs that have been in the shelter system for, say, a year, two years, two and a half, three years, and we will pull those dogs and put them through um, a six-week board and train. Um, They learn... Things such as, you know, they learn to walk nicely on a leash, they learn to heal, they learn duration, place, they get playtime and exercise time in the yard, Um, they know an off-leash recall. Once a dog has gone through our program with our friends at Allied Dog Training, the adopters get lifetime support for the dog. So if you have any issues whatsoever with the dog, be it in a year, two years, three years, we back their training for life. They can come back for free handling lessons. Um, the trainers are a text or a phone call away.
1: So that's good because then people don't give up on their pets and they know that they have the support that they might need to, um, to make sure that, you know, I believe it's always the human that's the problem, not the dog. Um, so I think it's great that there's support for the humans with their dogs.
2: Yes, and I also agree with you. It's you know people really have to think about do they want a dog, you know, and, and do they have what's required because they all need rules, structure, and boundaries. A dog will take a mile if you let it. You know, you, the word no has to be in your vocabulary. You know, and especially during this pandemic, we're seeing an astronomical amount of applications for any dog that we're putting up for adoptions. Whereas um, eight months ago, I might get one to two, maybe 10 tops as a number of applications for the animal. In some cases, I've gotten over 100 applications for
1: one single dog. Wow, that's incredible. Um, So do you have any fears, though, Jen, that um, some people are just adopting because they're currently home and that those animals have a high risk of ending back up in a shelter?
2: I'm I'm very concerned about that. While I'm ecstatic that, especially in New York City, there's so many dogs um, from animal care and control that are in foster homes, Um, the problem, what happens when everyone goes back to work or what happens when the world adjusts to their new normal. Um, The other thing that people don't really have knowledge of is you know a lot of people are getting puppies a lot of people are getting fairly young dogs um you know this is separation anxiety in the making you know everybody's home the dog's never alone we are encouraging people you know put your dog in the crate go for an hour walk leave your dog alone for an hour separation anxiety is you know, we we do train dogs that have separation anxiety, and they become much better. However, all of this love and being around is, is not good because we will return to normal at some point, and your dog will be left alone, and they're not going to do well.
1: Yeah, and then we don't want to see bad behaviors or people giving up on those dogs. So I think that mm-hmm. really is good advice. Um, well, we all need some alone time, right?
2: We do, we do.
1: Um, I wish somebody would put me in my crate every now and then, so I could <laughs> <laughs> have a little downtime, alone time. We
2: need downtime. There's no more downtime. You know, we—I've never been busier. You know, I had a crazy, chaotic job, ended rescue, but over the last six to seven months, there's there's no stopping the phone calls. You know, We're, I'm still getting owner surrender calls. So people. You know, a a lot of these calls coming in today are, you know, people that have um, had a dog for seven to eight years and now they had a baby and the dog's not doing well with the baby. So, you know, there are things you can do prior, um, you know, to try to get that dog okay with a newborn. Um, In some cases, it's just not going to work, but, you know, I'm, I'm seeing quite a few rehomings because of that.
1: Yeah, that always breaks my heart a little bit um, to see uh, one of two things. Um, one, we're moving and we can't take our dog. Or two, we've had a baby and now we need to find a new yeah. home for the dog. Yeah. And and I kind of, um, my cynical side says, well, I hope they like the baby enough to keep it. Right? I know. It's heartbreaking because, you know, I've taken you know, quite a few
2: dogs in over the last few years who have been in homes, you know, some of them seven, eight years, some of them a few years. And, you know, the owners hand you the leash without a tear in their eye. You know, some of them are emotional, right? And in some cases it is warranted for them to have to surrender the dog. But in a lot of these cases, they just don't want to try. And and what they don't understand is you don't hear, you have people that say, oh, you know, animals, they don't have emotions. Right? They haven't heard a dog wailing in a run. You know, we have a nice facility. They're well cared for. They get treats. They've fed. They get exercise. They get structure. Um, but there's nothing worse than hearing a dog wail because they've lost their home.
1: Right. And they, and I think they do know that. I mean, we see a lot of pictures on social media about dogs that have been abandoned and, you know, the look in their face or in their Mm -hmm. eye as that, um, former owner drives off and leaves the dog in the dust. Yeah. Um, in fact, I saw one the other day where uh, somebody had found a... It looked like a shepherd mix and it was nothing but skin and bones and it looked like it had been on the run for a long time. But what I suspect is that perhaps its family had moved and it was just doing its best to try to find its family.
2: Oh, it's so heartbreaking.
1: Um, yeah, that makes me very, very sad. Um, as the uh, the dog mom to six dogs... I I can't imagine um, leaving any of my dogs behind. Um, My favorite joke to tell is um, people will say to me, why do you have six dogs? And I'll say, because my husband won't let me have 10. Um, (laughs) And, uh, I mean, I'm fortunate I live on five acres, so, um, my dogs have a lot of room and, um, they have a, a fully transformed, uh, garage that is made into a giant room for dogs that's tiled and air conditioned. And they have a fabulous time, um, when they're at home, as well as when we're home and they can run around and, and be crazy, um, which they love to do, of course. But um, they are used to being alone during the day um, for a period of time, which is great um, and goes to your point about um, as we all go back to work and um, what life will look like for them. I think the cats are all anxious for people to go back to work.
2: (laughs) Yes, they're all saying, please go away. We have nowhere to hide. (laughs) There's people in every room.
1: It's funny, I found two my two cats, I found them in uh, my laundry basket the other day together, which I thought was odd because um, they hardly ever um, do that together. But uh, I guess they were needing some cuddle time, and they thought the closet was a good place to end up. Um, Jen, tell us a little bit about um, how many dogs you feel like you've been able to help over the years. Uh we
2: have, um, the number is just over 400 dogs that we've been able to pull um, since 2014 when we were in officially incorporated. Um, so the majority of those dogs, um, you know, all those dogs went to loving homes with the understanding, you know, if they weren't trained by allied dog training, and especially if I do get a puppy. an adopter is required that they bring that puppy to um, uh, either a trainer or a puppy socialization class offered by some of the local pet stores um, because it is very important to make sure that the dog stays socialized. Um, I don't want to have a dog come back after two years that was adopted out as a puppy. That's completely unruly.
1: Of course. So the other thing I notice about your website is that I think there's a general feeling that that dogs like your Murphy, a Shih Tzu, that they don't end up um, in shelters, that everybody wants a cute small dog. And yet I see on your site that, you know, there's Gizmo and Sammy and Toby and Rocky and all of these are cute little dogs um, that also end up in the shelter world. Um, Homer's another one. Um, So it's, I know you have a fair number of the pit mixes. Um, Here's a pug I can see on here. Um, But I think it goes to the point that um, I sometimes hear people say, well, I can't get a dog from a shelter because I want a specific breed. And yet I feel like you can get any breed you want if you make an effort um to adopt
2: you absolutely can and we have um we have waiting lists for um i get quite a few goldens every year when I have quite a few maybe three to five um and we have every time i don't even have to post a golden or a lab at any age they could be a senior they could be a puppy um because people are just you know that's their go-to dog um so Quite often I'll get, because people understand I have a very big golden retriever network, um, I will get those calls from people when they know there's a dog to be surrendered. So I can stop the dog from having to enter a shelter system as well, and we like to do that, Um, but it also makes me a little bit sad because I know that I can get a golden adopted that has a bite history in 12 hours where a pit who has a bite history that enters a shelter is probably being put to sleep.
1: Right. And that's just a perception issue more than anything else, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. It really is. I mean, like I said, I would have crossed the street seven years ago because I didn't understand pits. Now I know they're loving. They're, you know, they need a chance, right? But you're... You know, in, in the city areas, you have a lot of backyard breeders. Um, you know, there's a lot of genetics coming to play in 2020. I'm seeing a lot of young pits between five and seven have uh, congestive heart failure, uh, stricken with cancer. Um, so it's actually very sad that they're not living, you know, they're not getting to 10 years old. They're, they're, they have medical issues because of the breeding.
1: Well, and that makes sense. And um I, I heard somebody say recently that uh she has a group of friend and friends that none of their dogs are spayed or neutered and I'm thinking to myself, what part of there are already too many homeless pets do we not get? I know. Let's go I, breed breed some more, right?
2: I I know. And there's you know quite a few, you know, unfortunately I always tell people to do their homework, you know, because I've seen, I've seen this not only with shelters or rescues or breeders, but you're sending out unaltered animals. Um, you know, I'm committed to, you know, look, I'll do all of the blood work, all of the vetting, the dogs are microchipped, they get a tag, they get a goodie bag, they have the proper, Collar. Um, I'm a big fan of martingales because the dogs can't slip out of them. Um, And, you know, so we, you know, we provide, I need the blood work because I need to make sure the dog is medically healthy before I adopt the dog out. Um, They're vaccinated, they're up to date, they're normally trained. um, But a lot of places out there don't do any of these things. And then they find out the dog's seriously ill. All of these things could have been alleviated prior to the adopter taking the dog in and then they're heartbroken and then the dog dies and the rescue will still continue to foot puppies and sick animals and you know and they still have a following and they're still in business today so I think a lot of it is people need to be better educated I was I was one of those people I donated to many organizations throughout the the many years and now I understand that the money isn't really going towards the animals. You know, it's going to administrative costs. It's going to payroll, to salaries. Right. Um, You know, they're not sending the dogs to uh, reputable board and trains. You know, so many shelters now, um, you know, there's been quite a few issues with sanctuaries, quote, unquote. You know, you pay them $5,000 and they take your dog and your dog, lives out their entire life on a sanctuary. No one ever goes to check on these dogs. You don't know what the day-to-day living conditions are for. I think the people that start these sanctuaries have the best intentions in the beginning, and it becomes, you know, if you, if you don't know how to say no, you know, I have enough, I can't have more than 10 dogs, you know, these people say yes, and they end up with, call it 50 to 60 issue dogs, but they're never going anywhere. And, and, you know, then that warehouse gets shut down. And then where, does the, where does the, do they all go? Right. Yeah, and a don't... lot
1: of times those turn into hoarder situations where people yep. do have good intentions. And then um, they can't say no. And it becomes an out of control situation.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it, this, this animal rescue, I, I consider myself to be pretty tough. Um, You know, I was a female and male-dominated industry, but what I've seen that goes on in Rescue, um, you know, more people need to operate as a business. Yes, we all have big hearts. I want to flush my head down the toilet sometimes 10 times a day because of what I see, the cruelty, people with stones in their hearts. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, we all need to be smart about what we're doing because the... This business will consume you. The sadness and what happens, it will pull you under. Right. And you have to stay above that.
1: I think that you're right about that. And I I remember interviewing on the show um, a couple of years ago a gentleman that was doing rescue out of um, the dog meat trade. And, I mean, Mm. his heart was just broken and his psyche was destroyed, um, I think, because of all of the sadness he had seen.
2: Yes, I, I'm, I, I will admit I scroll very quickly past those. I can't. My heart will break into a million pieces. I know I can't solve the problem. Um, I wish I could, um, but it's, it's heartbreaking.
1: Agreed. So what can we do to help? So if a, a listener has a heart for town and country canine rescue, um, how can they help?
2: Um, I think you know what I would really like for everyone to do is you know to be educated, right? We're I'm reputable, we back our animals, um, but I really want the listeners and people to really you know if you're adopting a dog or a cat, make sure that wherever you're getting this animal from, that they've vetted the dog, especially with a rescue, because they can go one step up from a shelter right? Shelters right. don't have the money for, for medical in all cases, which is also, you know, my medical for life program. So I've got dogs that are on that with um, kidney issues, with cancer, um, with thyroid conditions. Um, so, you know, not everyone can afford, you know, cancer treatments can be ten to $20,000, as we all know, with a rescue discount. Um, but I found Trevor what we call forever fosters for these dogs that have the medical conditions and they're in loving homes and they're getting the care that they need. And that's provided by town and country Um, for, you know, people need to understand don't adopt a dog off of transport. Do you really know what you're getting with that? You know, look to the reputable um, organizations in your area, you know, reach out to, you know, yourself in Florida or to me in New York, you know, we cover tri-state. I have a big following up in in Newfoundland and in Canada um, where I have volunteers as well. But you want to make sure that, you know, your rescue, they know the dog, that you're getting the right dog for your your lifestyle. You know, if you're a couch potato, you you really don't want that puppy. You want that senior that's going to be calm and laid back. Um, You know, it's just so important to know about the organization that you're, that you're working with, and do they back their dogs? Because I am pretty sure that 90% of them do not take the dogs back if there's an issue. And some of it is as soon as I've heard um, a month. You know, once you've had the animal for a month, uh, you know, and then where does that dog go? So work with people who are compassionate, who back the dog, who offer the lifetime training and support, that offer discounted training lessons for rescue dogs, that you know, will work with you and have the patience to ensure that everyone is set up for success.
1: Excellent. So you mentioned something that I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about, your Medical for Life program. What is that? Sure. Um, There
2: are, you know, if a dog is in um, a shelter system especially, um, the chances are, you know, I've paid for tests to say, okay, there's something off with the dog, let's do the blood work, let's see what it is. Um, Dogs who have um, cancer in a shelter system are almost certain to be put to sleep. Um, What I'll do in all of these cases, I will pull the dog, we will get the dog the treatment it needs, I will look for a forever foster. Town and country, you know, I'm a small organization. Currently, we have 14 dogs in our Medical for Life program. And that means that any major illness, such as if they have cancer, everyone with um, kidney issues, we pulled a uh, adorable beagle with his little, Milo and Bernie, um, with his little Yorkie friend from Animal Care and Control in the city. And the beagle... Um, was dragging his hind legs and was basically ready for paralysis until we did the disc surgery and the rehab, and he is living with his little brother in a perfect forever home at the moment, forever foster. Um, so we can't help. We wish we could help more of those, but it gives the owners, you know, not everyone is is going to step up and say, oh, I'll you know, I'm going to take that dog in and it has cancer. You know, there's not a lot of, free money around at the moment with everyone and but these are the dogs that we believe in we will pay um if the dog needs the surgery again if they need uh chemo or any kind of test, we take care of that we do ask the forever fosters to handle the you know the wellness exams and the um yearly vaccinations if possible but we're we we commit to that dog to those dogs for life
1: that's, that's- very commendable. Thank you for doing that. So I want to make sure that folks know where to find you. They can find you on Facebook at Town & Country K Nine Rescue, R-E-S-Q, Limited. And yeah. um, also at your website, which is, go ahead and tell us.
2: Uh, www.townandcountry, spelled out, the letter K, the number 9, R-E-S,
1: Q.org, and you can go there and you can make a donation. You can learn more about Town and Country Canine Rescue. Um, you can also give when you shop. Tell us a little bit about your Giving Assistant program.
2: So I am partnered with um, various organizations. That if you, um, you know, one example is um, Smile, um, down um, so if you select town and country as your charity of choice, we receive a percentage of um, uh, dollars uh, every quarter. Um, we're also partnered with another portal called Benevity, and we are on several retail outlets as well as eBay. So basically anyone that offers a, um, a, a means to... Uh, um, a charity we are connected with all of them
1: that's awesome so um, we're all doing a lot of online shopping so this is a great way to uh, give back while you're shopping uh, amazon does have a pre- great program uh, giving assistant has a program the i give program is also another way that you can help benefit uh, rescue organizations and charities um, while you're just shopping away um, I know I do it. I mean, I, I'm guilty. I'm a, I'm a junkie on Amazon, I think. So I am as
2: well. And now with, um, you know, because we really should be careful of going out and practice social distancing. So it's a, it's a great way. My, um, I also keep a snack bin out for all of the, um, the truck drivers from FedEx to, um, the the post the, the post office uh, UPS so I leave a basket with a note of thanks with uh, candy and snacks and um, oh great you know, idea couple, yeah granola bars for those who are a little more health conscious um, those don't seem to go away, <laughs> but the candy and the chips are big big hits.
1: Oh, that—that's a great idea. So, a lot of business owners could do that um, right now because I know we're not letting the um, the delivery guys into the building, but we certainly right. could set up a nice little snack station outside. Um, yeah,
2: they—they they love it.
1: I bet you they do. That's a terrific thing to do. Well, I thank you so much, Jen, um, for everything that you're doing with Town & Country Canine Rescue and and how you're helping animals in New York. And um, before we end, tell us about your dream, what you're trying to accomplish and uh, where you hope to end up with uh, Town & Country.
2: We are currently looking um, for property in Dutchess County, New York, which is actually um, Hyde Park, New York, is my hometown. So I'm looking to go back. Um, my mission is to save a lot more animals, and in order to do that, I don't place any dogs in a boarding facility that I, I am not. You know, I need to see all my animals daily. On the weekends, I need to work with them. I need to make sure they're okay. So we are trying to. Um, facilitate purchasing a 10 and a half acre um, boarding facility up in Dutchess that will allow us to rescue more dogs. Um, it even has a cat building, so we're excited about that, and we'll look to add um, some livestock animals and horses and miniature donkeys and anything out there that needs rescuing. We won't have to say no. Um, And we will also offer, you know, for the public, um, puppy socialization classes, basic obedience. Um, We hope to start working with the youth up there. Um, And there's often a great connection with children and animals, so we hope to have several programs open in the near future. Um, Again, I just need everything to align properly so that I can buy this property and the town and country dream Becomes a better, bigger reality to help more.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for all you do, and thank you to our listeners. Of all my children wear fur coats, and um, just as a reminder, today we were talking with Jen Mahako Tierney. She's with Town and Country K9 Rescue. That's Town and Country spelled out. The letter K, the number nine, res R E S Q dot com. And um, also, oh, that's for your uh, email, but .org. I'm sorry. but That's fine. You, um, check out our blog, and uh, I will have all that information for you there. And thank you, Jen, and have a great day. And, um, Jen, your motto and mine are, are the same. Until there are none, please adopt one.
2: That's awesome. Thank you uh, so much, Peggy. I so appreciate it. It was a great honor to speak with you.
1: Oh, you please are so everybody. welcome. Thank you. And Thank uh, you. Until next time, happy tales. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet.